This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Powered by Righteous Media. Welcome to Independent Americans. Welcome to a very big episode 199. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. This has been a difficult, sometimes exciting, very turbulent year for the entire world. Geopolitically, socially, economically. Whether it's the U.S. midterm elections, the war in Ukraine, or the U.S. versus Iran in soccer in the World Cup. In the massive moments especially, it's time to stay vigilant. Back for the captain, Tyler Adams. Austin McKinney, Des making a big run. It's meant for him. Des is stuck in behind. Des in the middle. Pulisic scores! Might have paid the price. That was awesome. That's USA soccer superstar Christian Pulisic scoring the massive only and game-winning goal in the enormous U.S. win over Iran. Maybe the biggest win in U.S. soccer history, 1-0. to zero. And our guest coming up actually called it. More on that to come. But Christian Pusilic did pay the price. He crashed violently into the Iranian goalie, but he got the job done. He got the job done for America. Pulisic sacrificed his body. He gave everything he had rose to the moment, and saved the day. He was the hero. He left it all on the field. But he did pay a price. He was laid out on the field for a long time. He had to leave the game at halftime and was diagnosed with a pelvic contusion. But he did it. He rose to the moment. And some are calling him Captain America, which is pretty awesome. He kind of looks like Steve Rogers. And in this episode... I wore a Captain America shirt in his honor because it was gutsy, so gutsy. We needed a leader to step up and rise to the big moment, and Pulisic masterfully delivered. And it was a gutsy, driven, cooperative game all around. These guys are representing the best of what the USA is all about. And they've been fantastic for my kids to learn about. And yes, I'm extremely cranked up about the whole thing. I may or may not have worn a ton of red, white, and blue gear, including a Stars and Stripes cowboy hat, to drop off and pick up my boys for school this week. And half of the New York City parents in our neighborhood may or may not now think that I'm an insurrectionist. Sad but true. Nevertheless, on game day, I was picking up the boys early for a special lesson on global politics, geography, marketing, human rights, leadership, and more. Because that game was about so much more than just soccer or football. And much respect to Iran. Lots of guts on that team. Lots of energy and some flopping. But they gave us a hell of a fight. And all the highest respect to everyone inside Iran fighting right now and the most important fight of all. 
we in the USA stand with you, the people of Iran, on the most important stage of all. But the U.S. soccer team is moving on. This team and this run is already an inspirational story full of positive role models for kids, especially underdogs, because the U.S. is not a powerhouse in soccer, but they are rising, and they're doing it as a team, working together from incredibly diverse backgrounds, focused on one mission and rising to the moment and showing the entire world the best of what America can be. This team is every shade of skin color with many different ethnic backgrounds from all across the country, working together, wearing the flag, rising to the moment and redefining American soccer and American patriotism for the world and for a new generation. And they're only able to do it because they're unified. And they'll have to be even more unified if they want to beat the heavily favored soccer powerhouse that is the Netherlands this Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. And the country will be rooting for them. And maybe for the first time in a while, much of the world will be rooting for them. Because they're the best kind of American underdogs. Because they're fun. They're positive. They're respectful. They're thoughtful. And they're good. And it's only possible because they're unified. Because soccer is a true team game. And so is America. And for our soccer team, but even more so for our country, stakes have never been higher. And we can only rise to those high stakes. We can only meet that massive moment. We can only defeat those enormous enemies if we're unified in a common mission. Because America is not a soccer team and America is not a party. It's a mission. And independents especially are ready to meet that mission, to lead, to inspire, to galvanize, to fight, and to win. And as we approach our 200th episode of this show, it's time to take all our learning, all our allies, all our resources, and focus on winning. Winning for America and winning for America's future. And in order to overcome the mess, to overcome the bureaucracy, to overcome the hate, to overcome the partisanship, to overcome the division, to overcome the two parties that are deeply entrenched and well-funded, we must be unified. We must be relentless and we must be strategic. And the conversation with our guest in this episode is a major step toward doing that. It's time to bring independence together. We can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And my enemy's enemy is my ally. And we have many allies. You've heard from lots of them on this show. And it's time for us to lead in making it happen. The world is united around the World Cup. It's time for Americans to unite too. And in this episode, you're finally going to hear from Andrew Yang, candidate for president, candidate for mayor, patriot, activist, and father, and now co-founder of the Forward Party. And you're going to hear his plan for independence and how he's working to meet this moment. And in the weeks and months to come, 
You're going to hear from other top and rising leaders about what they're doing to meet this moment, and specifically what they're doing to unite and empower independence to protect, defend, and improve our country. But few will be more high profile than Andrew. He's a man of the moment, and he has a plan. It's one I've pushed on, highlighted, and criticized. We've had guests react to it, and I've said many times before, the spirit animal for independence in America is not Andrew Yang. It's George Washington. Maybe Andrew Yang doesn't want to be our spirit animal. Maybe he doesn't want to be our spokesperson. Maybe he doesn't even want to be our leader. But he does want to make a positive difference. And he's got some important and noble objectives that I support. And I think we all can and should support. But he's not the end-all be-all. And he'll tell you that. Maybe he's not our George Washington. But maybe he's our Dwayne Wade. More on that coming up. But we're finally going to dig deep into Andrew Yang's plan for independence. And it's a really great conversation. It's fun. It's feisty. It's informative. And for the first time ever in public, he shares a secret plan he had for what he would do if he was elected New York City mayor. You've never heard this before. I don't think anybody's heard this before publicly. And I'm sure this entire conversation will leave you smarter and maybe even inspired. But before we get to Andrew's plan, it's time for you to hear about mine. I'm a strategist. I learned strategy from some of the masters, like Les Gelb, General David Petraeus, Admiral Mike Mullen, Wayne Smith, and others. And I've learned from many of the guests we've had on this show. And I've learned from my life experiences, ranging from navigating my way out of a rough childhood to an elite college, to combat operations in Iraq, to creating and building a next-generation veterans empowerment organization, Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America. And I've learned that strategy is everything. If you don't have a strategy, you cannot win. And I like to win. And there's no team that I want to win more than America. And as we've long discussed on this show, in this moment, we're at war. We're at war against enemies, foreign and domestic. We're at war for the soul of America. And if you want to win a war, you need a war plan. Now, like every plan, it'll change. That's good design. A plan should always be evolving in response to changes on the ground. As the old military saying goes, no plan will survive enemy contact. So I expect it to evolve. I expect it to adapt, improvise, and overcome. It's far from perfect. But I also learned we can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And with the stakes as high as they are in America right now, we don't have any more time to waste. So it's time to stop revising and editing and start executing. And in some ways, we already have been. Independent Americans isn't just a podcast. It's not just a brand. It's a movement. And every good movement needs a real plan. And now, I'm ready to finally share with you mine. I've talked a bit about it for the last few months and teased it in a few places. And now, as the election is finally over, the year is almost at an end, and we reach episode 200, my early Christmas gift to everyone is my strategy, my plan, my plan to build an independent political infrastructure to save America. And it's called Operation Independence.
George Washington was right. He said, however political parties may now and then answer popular ends, they are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to unjust dominion. That was in his farewell address, Saturday, September 17, 1796. George Washington was, and remains, the only U.S. president never to be formally affiliated with a political party. And his words ring more true now than any other time in American history. America is fucked in many ways, and our broken, partisan, self-perpetuating, and preserving two-party system is a huge part of the problem. And independence can help, maybe more than any other group in America. 34% of Americans are registered as independents or unaffiliated voters, and as we've discussed, the number is growing on a daily basis, especially among young people. They change the course of almost every election yet they remain the single most underserved constituency in the country. 2022, 2023, 2024 are the defining time for American democracy and for independence. Independents are the future. That's part of why they're also under attack. As we've covered on this show, a huge political assault is coming at independent Americans. Trump loyalists in at least 10 states are right now moving aggressively to enact partisan voter registration and close primaries in 2023. This initiative would double the number of Americans shut out of the presidential primaries from 20 million to 43 million. So we need a historic investment in finally building a real and lasting political infrastructure that can defend against these attacks and create the basic infrastructure and momentum for transformative, lasting change. And this is the time. The goal of Operation Independence is clear. It's the creation of a disruptive, leading, independent political organization and momentum behind a new movement of independence in America. We have the plan and we have the leaders. You can see it all right now at OperationIndependence.com. And we're positioned to lead the charge. And our friend John Updike from Open Primaries is going to help us do it. He's the renowned expert on independent politics and on open primaries. And I've got a lot of experience in disruptive movement building, advocacy, and media. And with your help, we can execute the non-evil version of Steve Bannon's plan for the far right, but for independence. We're going to lead a four-year campaign to maximize the impact around the 2024 presidential and local elections and the 2026 midterm elections. It's going to be modeled after other highly effective movements, including the Iraq and Afghanistan Deployment Impact Fund, the IADIF. This $350 million five-year program that changed the entire veterans landscape that propelled everything from the GI Bill to mental health support to support for women to the recent PACT Act. And we'll draw from examples ranging from Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America's vanguard role in creating the new veterans movement, the influence of the League of Women Voters, and the impact of Grover Norquist's Americans for Tax Reform pledge. 
and Operation Independence will have 13 key components, all working in concert. They're all on the website at operationindependence.com and include the acquisition of voter registration data for all independents nationally, a research institute focused on producing research about who independents are, what they care about most, how they vote, why issues and messaging resonates most of them. Three, a national voter registration machine to sign up young people specifically as independents and unaffiliated. Number four, independent presidential debates, a televised series of three debates featuring the leading independent candidates for president. Number five, open primaries in all states and defending the existing open primaries that are under attack. Number six, the establishment of ranked choice voting nationwide. Number seven, an advocacy campaign to establish public funding of local and federal elections. Number eight, the independent voter scorecard. We're going to rate all electeds and candidates on where they stand on supporting independence and voting reform. Number nine, a fund to specifically support the best option as an independent candidate for president in 2024 and candidates in the 2026 midterms and again for president in 2028. Number 10, a ground game infrastructure, a true investment in grassroots local organizing anchored by veterans, 50% of which are independent, anchored also by Latinos and young people. Number 11, a PAC, a political action committee to support candidates who stand with independent voters and election reform. Number 12, an independent media engine led by independent Americans, powered by righteous media and the independent news network. Other potential partners are out there and could include folks you've heard on this show, like Smirconich, News Nation, and Recode. Look, the GOP has Fox, OWN, Newsmax, and Talk Radio. Democrats have MSNBC, Democracy Now!, CNN, Crooked Media. We need ours. We need independent media. And number 13, we need paid media to drive awareness, redefine independence, and build the base. That's our 13-point plan. And it's got five key phases that start now and culminate at the 2026 election. You can find it all at OperationIndependence.com now. Independent doesn't mean the middle. It means none of the above. And it's not a new party. It's no party. Because America is not a party. It's a mission. And we have a plan to build an independent political infrastructure to save America. Support the mission. Join the Operation Independence Movement now. This is our time. This is our movement. Now you've heard the battle plan. Because this entire year, every day has felt like a battle. And the world kind of looks like a battlefield. But it's no soccer game. And in so many places, the winners live and the losers die. So as we were celebrating Thanksgiving and watching the World Cup and American football, the lights were out and the fighting continued in Ukraine. And U.S. support for Ukraine still remains in the political crosshairs for some hacks and partisans in Washington. And I want to reemphasize it's past time for the U.S. and NATO to help Ukraine shut down the skies and stop the killing of civilians by Putin. Ukrainians have been brave and inspiring, and they're not the only ones. It's now happening in China. 
Protests have broken out across China as COVID cases surge and lockdowns persist. Really strict COVID restrictions have been hurting the country's economy and pissing off people all across the public who are now taken to the streets, risking life and limb for their future. And the high stakes fights continue to happen here at home, too. Oath Keeper founder Stuart Rhodes was convicted, finally, of seditious conspiracy for his violent plot to overthrow the government. He was found guilty, good, appropriate, necessary. But there are many more to go, from some of them who are still at large to maybe some in elected office, all the way to Trump. There must be real punishment and the American insurgency must be stopped. It's a national security imperative. As we've covered on this show at length, lock them up, lock them all up. They asked heroic Capitol Hill police officer Harry Dunn what he thought of the verdict. And he said this, I don't look at it like a victory. A victory is when you win. This was right. This was about doing the right thing. Officer Harry Dunn is right. And he's always on the side of what's right. And I hope he runs for office. And I hope he runs as an independent. Because he's the kind of real leader we need in Washington. Because as we cover in every episode of this show, stakes is high, your radar needs to stay active, and this is a time to stay vigilant. The independent wave has arrived. We are the future. But independents haven't been really well-led, well-united, are well-supported. And this is our time to change that. We now have leaders rising. We have voices emerging. We have organizations growing. We have attention increasing. And now we have a unique opportunity to unite. America is not a party. It's a mission. And it's time to focus on that mission with a plan, build a war chest, raise an army, and get to work. We've seen that the World Cup is a rare time every four years when the world truly unites. More than the Olympics, more than the Super Bowl, more than anything else. It only happens every four years, and it doesn't last for long. But it's a unique and powerful time where the world can actually unite around one thing. And that's maybe what's most amazing about the World Cup. And that's what we need in America right now. And it's my hope and belief that our guest in this episode is a leader who can help us do it. There are very few leaders that can come out of nowhere, inspire millions, become a household name, and make positive change in a positive way. And whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, or an Independent, you have to respect the spirit, the story, and the potential of a truly important, inspiring, and now iconic American that's changing what America's been, what it is, and what it will be. He's been a business owner. He's been a candidate for president. He's been a candidate for mayor, loved by many, hated now by some, but a man who I believe has his country's best interests in his heart and much more to come. He's finally here, folks. He's Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang is someone people cheer for. He's someone people listen to. He's someone that people follow. 
and he's been a uniquely positive and disruptive force in a uniquely dark and trying time. He's been on the biggest stages in American politics, and he may be just getting started. Andrew and I are almost the same age. I'm older by only four days. We grew up in the same state, only about two hours apart, and now we live only about 50 blocks apart. We're both the father of two boys. We both have amazing and inspiring wives. We both care very deeply about our city, our state, our country, and our world. We come from different backgrounds and from very different political backgrounds. He used to be a Democrat. I've always been an independent. He's a Jets fan. I'm a Giants fan. We disagree on lots of stuff, and we agree on lots of stuff. And now we're on the same team for the biggest game of all. We may have different plans for our community, but we're both part of the same community. One that's grown stronger and bigger by the day. And this is a conversation that'll help you get smarter, predict better, and of course, stay vigilant. Because eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. And this World Cup, this winter, this end to the year, this start to 2023, it's time to pay that price. To rise to the moment. To work together as a team. To put it all on the line. And lay out and sacrifice for our country just like Christian Pulisic did on that goal. It's time for us all to sell out and get that one goal that can change everything. It can save us from a loss and a tie, secure our victory, inspire our country and the world, and take us through to the next round. Not the next round of a soccer tournament, but the next round of history for our democracy. It's time to unite. It's time to focus. It's time to hustle. It's time to rep for our country, for our flag, for our team. It's time to put it all out there for the entire world to see. And it's time to save us from the brink of elimination. It's time to shift the momentum. It's time to inspire each other and the world. It's time to jumpstart this movement with a golden goal of political and social change. So welcome to Operation Independence. Welcome to a time of unity and a time to move forward. Welcome to the next chapter for the future of independence and for America. Welcome to the team, Team America. Welcome to Independent Americans, episode 199. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Ladies and gentlemen, independent Americans around the country and around the world. This is a moment we've all been waiting for. The man that we have discussed, we have followed, we have watched, we have encouraged, we have criticized is finally here. 
the holiday time is here. World Cup is fully on and politics never ends. Uh, and we are very proud and thankful to finally have us joining here on Independent Americans, the great and powerful Andrew Yang. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Paul. It's great to be here. I'm, I'm sorry it's taken so long. Uh, and, and thank you for all you've done for the country and continue to do. Uh, it's great to have you here. I was getting a little worried. We started the hashtag, where is Yang? Um, but we've used in the past and, and I think it got some folks. My attention. wife wants to know the, the same thing sometimes, man. She's like, <laughs> where, where, where is that guy? Well, I'm, I'm glad you're finally here. We've had a lot of um, close encounters where we almost had you on when you were running for president. Um, I was really incredibly inspired by that campaign and by all you're doing and by your wife and family. I think you're a really important and powerful role model. Um, I, I, I almost endorsed you for mayor. You may not know this. But I was supposed to be in an event and I told them the one condition was I needed to meet you beforehand. That didn't happen. But I was a supporter of your, your mayoral run. Um, I, I, I think we have a lot of alignment on vision around the future for independence. Um, so I'm excited to get into all of it. Um, but let's start with a question I ask of everyone. Where are you and how are you, Andrew? Uh, I am great. Just had a, a nice Thanksgiving holiday with my in-laws. Uh, I'm in New York City in Manhattan, not that far from where you are. Uh, actually, we're probably, oh, what, 55, 60 blocks apart. We could have done this shit in person, Paul, but if I know, <laughs> if we know. Well, well, we also are getting this in uh, before the World Cup. That was part of the, the alignment, too, here. The, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday. The game's in about... Two hours. I know you're What's a big the sports score prediction. <laughs> what are well, we gonna do? Hey, if you're gonna put it out there, I'm gonna ask you to predict that. We'll start with a hard one. Predict the score on U.S. versus Iran. This will this will air after it's already happened. And you're a big Jets fan. You're a Knicks fan. I mean, it's an exciting time. But are we about to have our hearts broken there, like we do in politics all the time? Uh, I, I'm optimistic on uh, the Jets and the Giants, for that matter, making the playoffs. I, I think nine and seven might be enough to do it. <laughs> yeah, Mike White. Mike White's my new fucking hero. Come on, Mike White. Dude. By the way, the, the best thing you can say about Mike White is that his teammates clearly love him. And like the contrast between him and Zach Wilson is frankly night and day. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, I mean, like at the end of the day, these guys are. In the trenches, like who the hell do they want to, you know, uh, like bust their asses with uh, or alongside or for? Uh, in terms of U.S. versus Iran, I'm going to say the U.S. prevails one to zero. That's going to be be my prediction. So we'll know whether I'm right by the time this thing airs. It's 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 exciting. It's fun. It's about so much more than soccer. And I said this before on the show, I don't think there's any more exciting place in America to watch the World Cup than New York City, because you've got people rooting for every team in every neighborhood, on every bus, everywhere. It's not the same as when it happens in the summer, but there's an electricity that I think is really unique to this city, and especially with our team doing as well as they have, right? Uh, yeah, it, it is a little weird to have a World Cup during um, the colder months. I mean, I, it's been kind of confusing, but hey, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's 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 a, it's an optimistic time for New York sports and for American soccer, but kind of a dark and trying time for American politics. Um, we are now out of the most important election of our time until the next one. Um, I, there was no red wave, but I talked a lot about how there was a camouflage wave of veterans that got elected and also an independent wave. And, and, you know, you've jumped into this in a big way. You are now, I think, whether it's by default or by design, 
maybe the leading voice for independence or independent politics in America. Um, but I want to ask you, maybe this conversation can be about convincing me and other independents why this is the right idea, why this is something worth investing our time and, and energy in. Um, and I guess maybe I'll start with a question. I think I think your analysis has been spot on. I think you've, you've laid out the problem better than almost anybody in America. I'm not sure about your proposed solution. So maybe we can start there and then ask you, um, why is the solution to the two-party duopoly another party? Uh, well, first, Paul, uh, appreciate uh, uh, everything you said about you know where I am in terms of this movement. Uh, I, I feel the same way about you, and I, I feel the same way about a lot of people who serve the country. I was at a Veterans for Political Innovation uh, event, um, and they talked about how when you're serving, you don't really talk politics all that much. Um, it's frowned upon. And that uh, the numbers I've seen are either 40 or 50% of military veterans are independents. Um, and I met a lot of uh, vets building forward over this last number of months. And uh, military veterans would just come up to me completely uh, unbidden in public and just say, hey, like, thank you for what you're doing, because they, they sense that uh, it's about the country. It's not about anything um, anything less than that. Uh, the two-party system is not working. And in my mind, if you think it's not working, so one of the jokes I tell is like the worst number of parties you can have is one. Uh, the second worst is two. <laughs> right. So so the third worst is probably going to be three, but three would be a, a massive improvement over two because right now there's such this black, white, good, evil uh, binary conversation where almost half of Democrats think Republicans are corrupt and a threat to the country. Almost half of Republicans think Democrats are corrupt and a threat to the country. And neither has to actually solve any problems or deliver or make you feel any sense of optimism or hope. <laughs> it's just about whether you hate us just a smidgen less than you hate the other guys. Uh, and if you had even a third party in that dynamic, then it does reshuffle it pretty quick because then you can't just lob grenades at the other side. Uh, you might have to form a coalition, get something done. And there are a number of Republican and Democratic, but I, I think in this case, the Republicans are in the driver's seat, members of Congress who are moderates who are trying to build essentially a fulcrum. Uh, and I'd imagine some of them are going to be military veterans. I, I was pumped that there were, there were these uh, the this camouflage wave that you spoke of, uh, you know, I, I I don't know all of the vets who were elected, but I instinctively like them all. <laughs> I, I mean, we've discussed it a lot on this show in the last few years, just the political power of veterans, um, unique political power. And it can be weaponized for evil, like we've seen Trump do so many times, or it can be harnessed for good, I think, in this in this independent movement. But I think part of what we've tried to shake out here, Andrew, is that I think independents are largely misunderstood. They're not just the middle. They're often none of the above and they don't want to join things. Right. Maybe they view themselves as as independent. So um, how can you get. Let me ask you this question. How, how are you different from the Libertarian Party, the Green Party, the Reform Party? Because there are other parties out there. There have been other parties out there. How are you different from them and why should we. Uh, put our, our time and energy behind forward? Um, and, and can you break through in a way that those other parties haven't and aren't? Um, uh, 
This conversation reminds me of my time campaigning in Nevada for uh, question three, when mm -hmm. they, they were um, trying to shift to nonpartisan primaries and ranked choice voting, which I'm sure yep. you've discussed on, on this program. Uh, and there was a military veteran who let off the first TV advertisement, said, hey, I, I, I serve the country. I'm an independent, but I can't vote. And, you know, isn't that messed up? Uh, and, and so uh, we got behind that campaign. Um, we're going to have to do it again in Nevada. So if you're in Nevada, just so no, right. no, it's coming again in, in 2024. Um, and so when you look at uh, libertarians and greens uh, reform, I, I think reform is I, I it's more or less defunct <laughs> from, yeah. what I, from what I can tell. You covered um, it on your podcast with, yeah. with uh, Jesse Ventura and, and Jackie Salit, whom we both know. Um, so uh, what, what they've done is that they've, they've uh, attracted a certain number of people, but they have kind of well-defined brands and, and ceilings. Honestly, they have, they have um, low ceilings, lowish ceilings, <laughs> not, not to knock anyone mm -hmm. who's affiliated with the, those, those yeah. parties. Um, and what's interesting is that every party is uh, is 51 organizations. It's a national uh, party, uh, and then it's 50 state orgs. And so, as someone, and you're you're an operator, I'm an operator. Um, when you look at these operations, you can evaluate for yourself what you think the cohesion uh, or integrity or re resourcefulness is of these 51 organizations. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I, you can tell from my tone, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I think people who are even very close to those parties would say, Hey, like, you know, things aren't exactly humming, um, uh, over here. So the goal with forward is to succeed where others have not succeeded by being smart, uh, and opportunistic where, if you look at something like the Nevada ballot initiative, uh, that's a massive opportunity for us to loosen the stranglehold that the two parties have on Nevadan politics. Both parties came out against it. They lost anyway because the, there are so many people that that want a change. Evan McMullen's race, we got behind in a particular way. Clint Smith, those races weren't successful, though Evan did get 43% of the vote, which uh, people would have thought was shocking. Um, so the the fun part about forward is that we're going to press on any of the vulnerabilities in the system. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and if there's an opportunity, then we pile in behind it while simultaneously building the grassroots level, uh, the state parties in all 50 states. I'm optimistic we're going to succeed in large part because we already have uh, five to 10 times the level of resources as either the Libertarians or the Greens about a year in. Um, that's the way I th I see the world. It's mm. just, uh, you know, it's like, hey, um, we have a massive duopoly to uh, to break up uh, and disentangle. Um, if you were to look at it from a business sense, which is the way I tend to see things, uh, the value of each of these organizations and all their attendant media um, organs, uh, and then the rules and regulations they've set in place in various ways. You're talking about two multi-billion-dollar behemoth orgs, and then if you're going to create a viable alternative, you're going to need realistically uh, tens of millions of dollars, perhaps hundreds right. of millions of dollars. So that is the challenge. Uh, it's a big challenge. Uh, one of the main reasons we've only seen this in the context of billionaires running for president is because that's the scale of the resources that you need. Right. Yeah. So I guess part of what i'm what i'm what i'm trying to um sort through is 
how much of your success is a first mover advantage, right? Like you, you're, you know this, right? There isn't a real alternative and you're the first guy to the spot on the floor and you're getting a certain degree of support. And I think the question is, can you make it sustainable? Can you make it durable? If there is a fourth, fifth, sixth party, where does forward sort out on that? So one of the questions I've been trying to, to noodle on is, is forward a strategy or is it a tactic? Um, because what I think is, you know, we may be defining the problem similarly, or we may not be. And I'm, I've been kind of teasing and I'm going to formally introduce a, a, a plan that I'm calling Operation Independence, which I think is a more comprehensive strategy with 13 different components that are organized collectively around the goal of disrupting the system and empowering independence. Right. And, dude, but dude, I, dude, dude, I'm, I'm going to, 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 uh, pose uh, an idea for you that yeah. is probably one of one of the the thirteen. I mean, yeah. you know, great minds thinking alike and all that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see what you think. Um, so the twenty twenty presidential election was decided by about seventy thousand votes in four states: uh, Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, and Georgia. So what we're going to do, and would love your help with this, and if people listening to this are into it, what we're going to do is we're going to gather up uh, independents and swing voters in those four states, and let's add in Michigan and Pennsylvania, gather a block of several hundred thousand uh, genuine independents who say, look, we're up for grabs. We live in these four states. Uh, we're going to swing the election to whichever major party decides to back nonpartisan primaries, ranked choice voting, gets out of the way of the ballot initiatives, uh, starts looking at multi-member districts and the Fair Representation Act. And we can genuinely push the whole system in a direction because it's so stupid and polarized and locked up that 99% of our votes don't matter. But you know whose votes do matter? The independents and swing voters in Nevada, Arizona, Wisconsin, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania. What do you think? Four and six and 24. Yeah, without without a doubt. I mean, you've got a hard sales pitch here, right? And and I think that's what I want to get into too, because I think the sales pitch sometimes doesn't land for independence. And I'm going to come back to it because I agree with everything you said. I'm just not sure I need to be a part of the forward party to do that. Right. So when I talk about the 13 points, it's things that you support, like open primaries and public funding and and ranked choice voting. But I also think it's components like building a media wing because we don't have an independent media. That's on the list too, bro. I want to see your 13 list. Keep going because it has to be. Well, there has to be. Let's do that too. But there also has to be research. There has to be voter registration. Yeah. Right. There has to be a grassroots galvanization. We're we're kicking off a. We're kicking off a C three with. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish if I can. But this. But this gets to the other part, which is the forward party is most often identified with you, which is which is a challenge. I think you recognize that as as well as anyone because independents are going to be reluctant to join a party run by a guy who was a Democrat a year ago, right? You're recruiting for your team and, and a lot of folks don't trust it. So how do you square the, square that with folks who are worried that the independent movement shouldn't gal- be leading, uh, be joining what could be viewed as the Yang party, right? It's, it's, it's led by you, it's named by you, it's called the same thing your book was called. So how do you square that circle with folks like me that are independents that, that, that don't know if it's truly independent? This is one of the joys uh, of trying to build a tribe of folks who are, um, by definition, independent or not super into joining. Right. <laughs> and, and by right. the way, I kind of resemble this myself. Um, so uh, first, let me say that, uh, and hopefully people get a sense of this when they hang out um, in and around Ford, is I'm very happy to 
like just be one of many, not be the guy. If you get into the guts of it, I mean, you know, now my co-chair is uh, former Republican uh, Governor uh, Christy Todd Whitman. Yeah, she. But hold on, because she's been yeah. on the show, and we get that, and we know about David Jolly. But, but you know, you're 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 the political all star here, and then you got a bunch of role players, right? So it's it's tough to kind of have it both what's, ways. What, because what sport are we using, bro? <laughs> well, we can use whatever sport you want. We can call it basketball, right? Okay, but, call but, it basketball. But, but you are the earned media superstar you're the social media superstar you're the fundraising superstar and and then you got a, a group of folks that are you know not well known that are maybe from a, a past time and and i think that's part of the challenge we had joe walsh on here who said that you know he was approached he wanted to join but he didn't want to join because frankly you were you were in charge so how i, I think it's really an issue right and i know you're working on it but you also have to recognize that it's not solved you're still on cnn all the time you're the you're the you're the you're the, the the rock star that brings people to the show and i guess i'll ask you know how do you solve for that who have you asked that said no and who do you want to have to offset that if you get the rock tomorrow yeah everything changes and he's 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 the rock star but for now it's it's you and that's a real challenge for i think especially folks that are right of center um and maybe more traditionally independent and unaffiliated you know i i think you're right that uh we need to recruit we need to recruit people that broaden the brand that make it uh bigger than uh, any one person or me in particular um, do I have those convos? Yes. Um, um, am I optimistic? Also, yes. Um, uh, one of the things that I, I will suggest is that, uh, you know, it's like, let's say we take the bas basketball uh, analogy. Let's say that we're the Miami Heat and I'm Dwayne Wade or whatever. Um, Dwayne Wade is very happy to have LeBron and Chris Bosh and whoever else, <laughs> you know, come, come join the Heat. Uh, you know, like Dwayne Wade's a team player, you know? Yeah, but it's more like, it's more like, it's more like you're LeBron and trying to get people to move to Cleveland. Um, <laughs> wow, that's a different metaphor. Well, then LeBron does end up, you know, winning a title at some point. Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> right, right. But, but you get my point is like, there's a lot of folks that are just going to say, hey, look, and, and I've used examples from the show. We've had Admiral Stravides on the show. We've had Mike Mullen on the show, right? I mean, you know, it's not, if Colin Powell had started an independent party, you know, two decades ago, it would have been a very different makeup. So by default, you know, it is it is it is largely there's got your fingerprints makeup. on it, right? There's a, there's Especially on the ground. When you when you meet those organizers, a lot of them are yang organizers who believe in you. Yeah. Uh and I think that the org the org's going to shift over time as the coalition grows. Um, you know, I mean there there are pluses and minuses to having any uh like any type of leadership, really. Uh and uh, hopefully people get a sense of this. So the thing I'd suggest to folks who are watching this, who are who are the profile you describe, or or to you, Paul, is to say, uh, functionally, um, we're on board, I think, with all 13 of the goals that, that you're describing. And Ford, what Ford is meant to do is provide a coalition for people who are trying to get these 13 things done, by the way, most of which are very, very difficult and will require seven or eight figures, maybe nine figures, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're trying to move a mountain. Now, in my opinion, the mountain needs to move. If the mountain doesn't move, we're all fucked. Um, and, you know, like history is on our side because the, this thing's disintegrating. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, you know, I mean, mountain's going to fall on everyone if we don't, um, you know, get uh, get this job done. Um, so I'm, I'm very confident that we're going to be able to do it. Um, for me, 
And I, I will say this too, is that if there was something else going on and it could be uh, uh, one of the, the joys I've had in this space, and I think you reflect the spirit, uh, is that when you come upon someone who's trying to tackle one aspect of this problem, they're almost never territorial. They're almost never like, no, this is my shit, go away, because mm-hmm. they know we're trying to move them out. And they're like, oh, you're here to talk about open primaries and ranked choice voting? Cool. <laughs> you know? And so mm-hmm. um, so that that's the spirit that we should all have. Um, I will say to you, I don't give a shit whether someone says like I'm forward party or not. If as long as they as long as they show up, they, you know, like get the job done. Uh like I like other people uh also have other, you know, it's like I you know, like you're doing this because you know it's necessary. I'm doing this because I know it's necessary. You know, like if we get this job done, then we can all go home. Now we're also realistic in that this job will probably take us years and years. <laughs> so, yeah. so you can't be you can't be faint of heart going in. Look, I see that evolution, right? Like, you know, this is forward 1.0, and maybe it'll have, you know, versions that evolve over time. But you you also haven't, you know, said, hey, I'm only doing one term and I'm gonna be out in two years and somebody else is gonna take over. And you've got the branding baggage of being a guy who ran for president as a Democrat and you know the 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 party named after your no, book no, and no, you. So you a, lot, this, a lot of that is baked in, like right? It's it, it's it's Demi. I mean, if you look at it um, with uh, Christy Todd Whitman and David Jolly and Miles Taylor and the renewed Evan McMullen is another example. Um, yeah. uh, there, there's a, a huge body of people um, in forward that come from the Republican Party. Uh, just in a, and and so in a way, like if you take out. If you take me out, it actually looks very much like for, like former Republicans, you know. Yeah, I mean? and that's a challenge too, right? I mean, you 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 know, you I've said recently, I think the only person maybe uh less popular than you in the Democratic Party right now is Tulsi Gabbard. And I think maybe now you've eclipsed her, right? I mean, Democrats are coming after you ferociously. Uh Republicans are are skeptical, but I think at the end of the day, you're building something and you're vying for funding and for attention and for market share. And so maybe just staying on this point, is there a wish list of people that you feel? Because I do think leadership matters, especially in this environment. We've talked about charismatic, dynamic leadership, and you bring that. You can mention those other folks as much as you want, but they don't bring the star power and the attention that you do. So is there a wish list of people that you feel embody the values of the forward party? That if you if you could add them to the masthead tomorrow, you would add. I'm going to call out something because this is probably not surprising to anyone, but this gives a sense as to at least what I'd like to see happen. Uh, I think Mark Cuban would be tremendous. Well, it solves two things for you, right? I mean, <laughs> definitely solves the money problem. And, 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 but then we've got another pro this is the, the legacy baggage branding of independence. We got another billionaire, right? Like here we go. Another billionaire who thinks he can be, King of the independence. And we've, we've seen, you know, Forbes and 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 Bloomberg and so many others that, that think they're going to be, you know, they can kind of jump in and be the billionaire king of the independence. And I, I got to tell you, man, like that's the kind of shit that pushes me away. If you got Mike Mullen, if you got, you know, the ghost of John McCain, if you got someone I've talked about the opportunity, I think, within the military, maybe within sports, maybe within business. But business isn't trusted like it used to be. And maybe, you know, celebrity. I mean, people would get behind a different Texan, Matthew McConaughey, probably much more than they get behind Mark Cuban. Right. So so by the math, uh, I'm not sure you're right, but I would love Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) You yeah. Know, it, 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 so to give you a sense of um, my number one draft picks, like that's like kind of the the nature and 
character of them. Uh, the Rock would be on the list. Yeah. Uh, so folks like that, um, I'd be super pumped about. And that also, uh, frankly, makes me the Dwayne Wade, which I'm, you know, obviously totally amenable to. I mean, Dwayne Wade, <laughs> Dwayne Wade went on to win a couple titles, uh, you know. I love Dwayne Wade. I I've met Dwayne Wade. Awesome human being. Big fan of Dwayne Wade. But to that point. You know, sports, I think, is is another area that Republicans like you look at, you know, the Tommy Tubervilles of the world, uh, Herschel Walker. Right. Like there's a there's a unique populism, I think, around athletes that that I think maybe is missing from the forward party right now. And maybe we'll see that from from the next generation. I love how do you athletes too. And by the way, there there's yeah. so one of the things that's happening too, Paul, and I, and I do this is probably shocking to nobody. Um, but a lot of people hit me up and say to me, hey. Like you're doing the right thing, you know, like uh, I, I love it. I, I'm, I'm into it now. Will most of those people, uh, you know, put that out publicly? Like, no, because what is their upside downside? It's like, you know, like my downside is, let's see, like Democrats, Republicans, uh, you know, all of a sudden, um, uh, you know, aren't as excited about me and my like products or whatever the fuck I'm selling or, you know, <laughs> you yeah, know? but they're waiting, right? Like they're all sitting there yeah, waiting. Yeah. So, and so I've seen this happen. Like this. The same thing happens in your, your, we've all um, seen it as anybody building something, you know, they wait to see until you're a success and then nobody wants to be, I said this before, it was like, it's kind of like starting, uh, go back to the soccer analogy. It was like starting MLS. Like nobody wanted to be the first European player to leave and come to MLS. Right. And like Beckham and others at some point, maybe later in the career. And that's kind of what you've got. You've got like upstarts or folks that are kind of in the B League or maybe are old timers, but you haven't really gotten a prime timer yet. Right. And, and maybe that takes me to another question, which is the competition component. You're the first there now. Forward party is by default going to be a leading party for independence. If Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney or, and or go start their own thing that's kind of more Republican light or GOP light, what does that do for your strategy and your ability to especially attract more national security focused independents and veterans and folks like that that we've talked about? Well, I, I think that we are the natural home for folks like that who are looking to uh, to flee the Republican Party, frankly. Um, we've had conversations with both, both of those people. Um, uh, and you, again, you have to keep in mind if someone like the reason why no one starts a party is because they have to go through all of the uh, the hurdles and hoops uh, in all 50 states and have 51 orgs. Uh, you know, the reason why people think that we're going to to uh, fall short is because on some level, people know how next to impossible it is. So the last thing I'm worried about is like a bunch of other people raising their hands and saying, hey, I, too, am going to do the impossible. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like the, the the main move they would make is to call us up and be like, hey, guys, like you want to provide us a, a, a landing zone. Um, and by the way, that means you do get, uh, you know, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands uh, of supporters. Uh, we have volunteer chapters in all 50 states, state leads in 45 of them. Uh, we do have funding in the millions of dollars. So if you were uh, a human like Adam Kinzinger or Liz Cheney, are you really going to be like, I'm going to start, you know, like this whole new thing? I mean, it, it would. Uh, it, they might. It, I mean, like, you know, it's. Let's I think just there's say a, that's that's not on, on my concern list yeah. um, because like I know what's on our plate and you know what's on our plate. And it's yeah. a bitch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like you, you look hey, at I, it. I, I've told you, man, I, I, I admire 
that you're doing it. And I think it's great. Uh, so much of what you're doing is great. But the question for me and so many other independents is like, we have a little bit of time. We have families and, and we really care deeply. And we're also, I think this is maybe the essence of it. We're careful about who we put our family name on, right? Like when I was playing football sports, they said, hey, your family name is on the back of your jersey. You're playing for your family, right? And I, I called uh, Kinzinger and Michael Steele and other Republicans out on this show when I said the Republicans are trading on your family name. They, you, you're still with them and you're giving them your family name. So you're asking folks to do something really hard where they don't trust the parties, they don't trust the system, and you're asking them to join something new that they're unsure about, right? And, and I do think that's going to be an ongoing challenge. It doesn't mean I don't support what you're, what you're after, especially open primaries and the tactical things that I think are so critical to just increasing the number of people who are in the game, right? Just yeah. focusing on telling young people they don't have to pick a party. They don't know that, right? And, and if you can help move the needle on that, I think that's a huge outcome for the country. Well, right now they kind of do need to pick a party if they're going to participate in a lot of places. They don't is, have uh, to though. Like that's you see, that's the, the devil's that, that's the devil's dilemma, right? Like I, I was hoping you would run for mayor as an independent, but you you made that choice and you said I'm not running as an independent. I'm running as a Democrat in New York, and you got clobbered for it, right? Yeah, in in uh, I mean, heck. <laughs> so so one of the things I want to lay out the timing. Um, so first, let me say that uh, I'm so proud that I was endorsed by the firefighters and police captains. Some of like the proudest days yeah. of my life, uh, accepting those endorsements. Um, so I write this book in 2020. Uh, and I figure out, hey, two party systems broken. Uh, you need to create uh, a better path. And there were three approaches to do it, which I, don't, I didn't say in my book, but I'll, I'll say it here. One, you start a nonprofit problem probably won't work. No one will give a shit Two, try and do it from within the two party system will never happen because it's not in either party's interests. Uh, and you turn off half the country immediately. And then number three is uh, you try and start a positive unifying third party movement um, of the 50% of pissed off Americans and say, Hey, we're going to change the system from here. So I figure this out that plan C in this case is the only one that makes any sense. Um, I, Figure that out at the end of 2020, and I try and figure out what I'm going to do. Uh, and I decided to run for mayor as a Democrat. Um, you're probably right. I should have done so as an independent. But my plan was, if I get through and win, then I declare myself an independent from City Hall. And then, you know, I've got four years and like everyone has to deal with it. Uh, and then I plant the flag and be like, hey, guys, there's a new political party, the United States of America. And the mayor of the biggest city in the country is uh, the founder. So it's fucking real. And, you know, might as well, like, start getting used to it. Uh uh, now the drawback there is that. So I'm hold not, on. So hold on, Andrew, if I can. So that was the plan. That, that was, was the plan. plan. Yeah. Well, shit, I would have supported that plan. And I think a lot of people would have supported that plan if you had said that. So the plan was to run as a Democrat, get in there. And the same way, I don't know, Bloomberg says he's not going to take a salary. And Adam says he's going to get paid in crypto, you know, more substantially. Obviously, you would have said, hey, I'm an independent. Yes. And the, the shit, man, that, have that's, a, that's not something we've heard before. So the proof I have for this is that the manuscript was done at the end of 2020. And I already said like, Hey, I'm starting the forward party. And then I had to tell the publisher, look, keep that manuscript in a vault because if, uh, you know, like I just got to get through this fucking election and then, and then we can publish the book, uh, uh, after I win <laughs> and then, you know, then we can have, have fun. And the publisher is like, well, shit, you might be the mayor of New York then and promoting this book. So I guess that that's, that's a win. Um, so, uh, so that, you know, like that, that was always the, the design. I will say though, that there was a significant part of me that thought that 
the forward party would have a better chance uh, if I was actually building it. Because if I was the mayor of New York City, I, I would have very little time to do party mm-hmm. building. I'd just be trying to make the the city habitable. <laughs> and you'd be in a shark tank with everybody coming for your throat every single day. All right? the time. It's, it's, All the I time. mean, yeah, yeah. So, but but I, I think you know, that, that is that, that that I'm glad to hear that, frankly. Um, but I also it, it it also takes me back to another question, which is, you know, you've been you've been great at pushing forward ideas, right? And it's been hard for you to get votes. It's been hard for you to get the conversion or the customer acquisition or whatever, you know, example we want to use from the business world. So I think that's that's my question going forward is, is are you going to be able to actually build a sustainable model of membership of, of activists, of people who say, I'm going to wear the forward party t-shirt on, on my chest. And I guess the question I have is, what did you learn from the mayor's race? What did you learn from running for president that will help this venture, frankly, be more successful in the outcome at the end? Um, well, we're already the third biggest political party in the country by resources 13 months in. Yeah, but by, but by default, my, right? My, right? My, you know, but you can say what you want. It's like, you know, that's a fact. My presidential campaign yeah. raised $40 million. It's like being the best six man on, listen, the, on the Miami like, Heat you, like, when listen, you're the six man on again, Miami Heat. Again, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. My yeah. presidential campaign raised $40 million from over 400,000 uh, Americans. No I doubt. made more presidential debate stages than our current vice president. My mayoral campaign got more individual donors than any mayoral campaign in the history of New York City. So anyone who looks at these things and says that like Yang can't build stuff uh, is full of shit. Uh, you know, I'm a serial builder who's built things like private sector, ran a private company, sold it to a public company, came out of nowhere ran a national campaign that no one saw coming forward party is uh, on its way. Now, if you say, look like, Hey, the goal is to, uh, you know, win 51% of the vote in particular districts, I would say, well, sure. Like let's try and find individuals who represent their constituents in that environment and get them over the top, like Evan McMullen, like Clint Smith, like like whomever. Um, And that has to be the goal of the forward party. Um, but I'm pumped that we've made this much progress in this time. And, and and I think you should be, but I think there's also the difference here is that those, at least the two last ventures, right? We're about supporting you and people who believed in you and people who wanted universal basic income on the presidential stage. And they wanted you, I thought you'd be a great champion for New York City. I loved how much you celebrated the city. I thought you'd be a great ambassador for the world and you'd inspire people when we needed it after COVID, right? But this is different, right? This is a different product. The product, frankly, is not you, but you're the salesman who's used to selling you. So I think that's that's the rub, at least at this part in the development that I'm stuck with. And I think many other folks are, are stuck with. So is but, is but in this case, Paul, the, it's the product that you, in your case, have wanted already for a long time. It's the outcome. It's an outcome I want. I don't know if it's the pathway to get there. That's why I keep coming back to like when you but laid no, out those. So, three, so, and this is where I'm going to push back. OK, yeah. because um, if I want ranked choice voting. Right. Yes. Or if, I, if I want, let's open primaries. I want to let's use that because that is the thing that I think is most urgent. Right. It is the forward party going to help move that forward? Yes. Yes. You used you used the example earlier of three options, one of them being nonprofit. 
I actually saw this in the veterans movement where they raised $300 million and it was led in a nonprofit model and there were billionaires and small donors and it created a movement that now is, is, is propelled 50 nonprofits and, you know, passed the GI bill, uh, you know, parity around mental health, huge advances for the movement that are not unlike the political advances we're trying to get here. So I, I still go back to, I don't know if the party is the right strategy. Right. And I think it might be more of a nonprofit, even for profit meld of something we haven't seen before. But we want the same things, Andrew. I, I think I the question is why, you know, it's, you're, I think you're going to have a hard time, at least for now, getting folks to say, here's my email, here's my money, here's my time with forward party instead of open primaries or just supporting the Nevada initiative without you guys. Well, uh, if someone is busting their ass for open primaries or uh, Fair Vote or any of the other awesome organizations who are doing stuff. Um, fantastic. Uh, and the the fact that Forward Party is representing another approach that's nakedly political, you can, if you were just to be, uh, you know, like open-minded about it, just be like, okay, it's like, uh, it's a missing piece of the puzzle that now it's filling in and it may, might not be the thing that I want to like do because I'd rather volunteer for like the nonprofit. But I'm going to show very, very clearly an example of how this shit happens in real life because politicians, shocker, will respond to politics. Um, and if you look at the state of Connecticut, Governor Lamont came out for ranked choice voting three months ago. Um, why did he do it? Was it because a nonprofit presented him a white paper? Of course, fucking not. Uh, the reason he he did it was because his consultants told him that it was going to be worth 3% in the gubernatorial race against a Republican, and it was a tight race. Now, the reason why it was worth 3% is because uh, there was a third-party gubernatorial candidate in Connecticut four years ago, in 2018, that got 4% of the vote. It earned them a ballot line that then now this past cycle they had as currency to trade in return for both gubernatorial candidates endorsing ranked choice voting. You know, so if you yep, get I 4 percent of Connecticut voters to say, I want this shit, or if you get 4% of American swing voters in Nevada, Georgia, Wisconsin, and uh, Arizona to say, we want this shit, you can push the entire political system in a direction. If you stay on the sidelines and be like, hey, do this because it's the right thing. You know what they'll say? Fuck you. Because yep. that is the way these guys work. That's, well, you know, you, I mean, you, again, you're, you're really the best example. Behemoths or gubernatorial candidates, like they just want to win. You just got to make it a winning yeah. issue for them. There's no you're, way to make it a winning issue about, for them without politics. Yeah, you're also talking about finding a way to bring pain to them. Right. Because I think politicians respond to pain. Right. And maybe the best recent example is more like the Working Families Party. Right. In New York, where they've had a, where they had a group of people, they had some power and they yielded that power. And the question was, who is controlling that power? Right. And I think that goes back to the questions of leadership. Who's going to be guiding this ship? And I think ultimately there are a lot of ways to get at these targets. And the forward party may be one way to inflict pain or move people. The Lincoln Project model may be another one, right? There are different ways to move Ned Lamont on ranked choice voting. But I do think the collective need is to put people on blast. Like I've been asking everybody on this show who's a politician, do you support open primaries? Most of them have never been asked, right? And if you press them on that, whether it's through the forward party or paid media from the Lincoln Project or grassroots uh, pressure from veterans, we can get to the same place. I think we're still 
kind of all dancing around each other. And we're looking for that really, truly galvanizing national leader. And I thought if Evan won, he would be it, right? He would assume that mantle. And I think right now it's it's a little messy and we're all working together. We're a little bit stepping on each other's toes. And if The Rock jumps in tomorrow and he's well-educated, boom, it's, it's fuel injection and we're all going to get there. So I, I still go back to the leadership question because I think parties by default are defined by their leaders, especially. And I wish, I hope that you spend, you know, as much time going after Admiral Mullen or Admiral Stravides, especially folks from the national security and defense community, as you do going after the Mark Cubans of the world, because I think they might be a unique group that can crack through and have trust. Right. Yeah. And uh, would absolutely love for more military leaders to come aboard there. It's actually happening. And you can look at veterans for political innovation uh, the alignment is uh, is pure, um, and there are folks who are part of Forward who are very very close to that um, that group. You know, I mention in some ways the Mark Cubans uh, of the world because I'm close to that group. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it, like uh, I'm an and we need but Andrew. Mark, we Mark. also got to call call it what it is. We need money, big money, and and there's not big money. Veterans for Political Nation, great group, good guys. They got zero funds. And, and you're right now also by default, the big money guy. Now, maybe that decimal point will move. Maybe we can get a couple more Cubans in, but we got to get a real war chest. And that's like the conversation we got to have out loud. And, and, that, and that, that's, the, that's the operator mindset, Paul. That, that's the thing is like what Andrew, Andrew Yang is like the leader of Ford um, just as an instrumental thing. It's like, like you said, it's like de facto, uh, you know, Andrew Yang just wants to get the fucking job done. <laughs> Um, and so Andrew Yang's going to pass the hat and be like, it's funny talking about myself in the third person. It's funny, but um, just go around. And like you said, you know, like Cuban, um, other billionaires, by the way, 70% of business leaders right now think our political system is fucked. Um, a lot of them were former Republicans who were like, yo, I'm not down with whatever the hell's going on now. This entire system has lost its way. It's irrational. Um, and if you get in front of them and say, look, I have a genuine plan to fix this stuff. Uh, by depolarizing our primary system, by getting rid of the party primaries, which, uh, you know, distorting incentives. And they hear that and they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. like Catherine Gale and Michael Porter's politics industry, that's like straight out of Harvard Business Review saying, look, the incentives uh, are broken. Like, you know, I can speak business to business dudes being like, look, guys, like, like you should expect fucked up shit out of the system because that that's just what the incentives are. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, and so... Uh, to me, this is a giant operational challenge. Yeah. And, and and the thing that I would say to, to you and anyone listening is like, look, like, I don't care if you wear the jersey, like, uh, you know, as long as we just get the, the job done. And the forward party is just a way to get the job done, whether that's getting ballot access uh, in different states, whether it's supporting independent candidates, whether it's supporting uh, ballot initiatives, whether it's doing this four and six and 24, which is get, get this coalition of 4% of independent voters in the swing states. And if you resemble that, you know, like, how are you going to know when this stuff rolls mm -hmm. out? Just go to forwardparty.com. Like, I'm not asking you for a fucking tattoo. I'm just saying like, 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 let's play team ball. You know what I mean? You know, I think that's that I, I, again, I appreciate the sentiment and the ideas, but you're not asking for a tattoo, but you're asking for, for our family name, right? You're asking us to fly the flag. And like, that's, you know, a lot of us are close, right? And I think maybe you, you you'll can, get you more can just more go to forwardparty.com, sign up, and not tell a fucking soul. Yeah, like, but that's I, not. Like, but I, also, I but also, buddy, like independents are also proud, 
Like it's hard to be independent, right? And and, and then it's you just hard. unsubscribe as soon as we like piss you off or whatever. Or as but soon I, as I, I think I think does something the larger, like terrible. <laughs> the, the larger opportunity, Andrew, is that when independents get behind something, they're fierce, right? And it's hard. It's a whole lot harder to be an independent than it is to be a, a party loyalist, especially right now. You're finding that out better better than anybody. But I think. We're, we're, we're getting to a point where I hope we can all come together around the shared values. That's where I keep talking about a movement. I, I've talked about the need for independent presidential debates, right? You, uh, Michael Smirkanich is doing the unconvention. Like we're starting to bring together our movement in ways that are really, really powerful. And I want to give you a lot of credit for that, for taking on the hard fights. Um, I, I want to be actually going to throw out something about this independent presidential uh, uh, like uh, debate you're talking yeah. about. Imagine a nomination process where you could vote on your smartphone and then it gets confirmed via a QR code that's sent to your mailing address. Uh, and it, and it doesn't need to be, yo, I uh, love Iowa, it. New Hampshire, South Carolina, I, Nevada. We I love, activate I love millions of Americans around the country. By the way, a lot of military veterans already done this because this is how you had to vote when you were overseas. Except when we couldn't, but yes, I, I, could. I, I, I appreciate that. There's always going to be a criticism of Democrats that they're great at ideas and they're poor at execution. This is not an idea challenge right now. It's an execution challenge. And I think Everything that's I where, just said is very mature technologically. Um, like the only thing that's, but, and the great thing point, about Andrew, having is, a party, is the execution, the execution of all this individually, collectively, while we're fighting, fighting the forces that are so entrenched and are better funded. This is an insurgent, you know, disruption, revolutionary campaign that we're all trying to wage. And, and I think we're all focused on on a common enemy, right? Which is the yep. broken political system and the existential threat to our democracy. And I think it's starting to come together and, and I appreciate that. And I'm going to encourage it and do all I can to support it and to support you when I can without fully giving you my Jersey. I know that you have other things to do, including the world cup. I asked you to stick around for a couple extra questions for our amazing Patreon members. But before I do, maybe to, to wrap it up, Andrew, you are in my view, a very brave person. And I think why so many people respect you is because you've been brave, because you've been in the arena, you stood on that stage, you took punches, you threw punches, and you put your family out there, which, you know, I have little kids, you have little kids, that is immeasurably difficult. Um, this is a hard time, and I think your legacy will be much bigger than the forward party. It'll be you as a transformative and, and role model type figure to so many people that are young. Can, can I ask you to leave folks, it's holiday times, with a message, how did you get through it? And how do you get through it? And how, what advice do you have for other people in getting through it? Uh, well, thank you, Paul. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate the kind words. For me, a lot of it's just making sure you can spend time with your uh, kids and see things through their eyes for a little bit. And they never gave a shit what daddy was doing. Uh, you know, like <laughs> they, they they couldn't even watch the presidential debates because they were like, this shit is boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> off. So, uh, you know, as, as long as the people closest to you uh, still view you in the way you want them to and that that you're able to be there for them. Uh, I've had some ups and downs this last number of years, but uh, my family's been strong the whole time. And uh, that's really the foundation of it. If, they, if my family hadn't been strong, then I'm sure I would have been in a very different place. Um, so super grateful to my wife, Evelyn, uh, for, for keeping us um, heading in the right direction. Hmm. I, I really do, you know, believe that you and Evelyn have been role models um, 
in, in ways that folks can't fully quantify. We're going to hear from folks, from kids, you know, a generation from now that, that got involved because they saw you and because they were inspired by you. And I think that's going to be maybe one of the most important parts of, of your legacy. You know, what's funny, um, Paul, is I actually see things in reverse. Like, uh, like I think that the forward party is going to have this tremendous multi-generational legacy uh, long after no one remembers uh, who, who the heck Andrew Yang was. Well, they're going to tell you to change the name a hundred times if you want to attract independence and and do all the branding manipulation that, what, that whatever that, that iteration of forward is, man. Like, right. You know? Well, by then maybe you know Mark Cuban is is given you a billion dollars and you're mayor of New York City as an independent, or maybe you're fixing the Jets, or maybe fixing the Knicks, which might even be a, a harder challenge. Dude, the funniest thing that happened to me in all of this stuff is that I ended up in a feud with, with James Dolan when I, I said to someone to be like, if he was, if he really loved New York, he'd sell the team, uh, which I thought was just like a, you know, stupid Knicks fan joke that like everyone says. And then MSG had this like freaking, like, you know, literally on MSG.com, like blasting me. And I'm like, are you kidding? Your press people are like, you're so thin skinned. <laughs> These are the people, didn't they throw out Charles Oakley or they threw out somebody? Yes, like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, like the defensiveness, the, 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 the pettiness, like that, like throwing out fans who also, by the way, yell at him, like sell the team and, and yeah. whatnot. Well, so, <laughs> I would be all for tough. him. I would be all for him making his music career, his full time job and and having somebody else run the Knicks. Um, that was I, the most surreal. As someone who grew up a Knicks fan, that was the most surreal experience of this entire number of years was what the fuck? Like MSG is like being like, yeah, yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But yo, about. you're asking, you're asking part of what you're doing at the forward party is you're asking people who grew up in Manhattan as Knicks fans to go be Nets fans. Like that's what you're asking them to do sometimes. And that's a hard thing for us as independents is to like, you know, it is to understand what this new thing is. And and you're, you're really trying to rewire people in a way that I think is, is hard, but I think the future well, well, part, is the youngsters, it, right? The part, future part is the youngsters. Is, is that uh, I want to provide a home for people who want that home, who benefit from it. I'm not someone who's going to be like, you must do this. Like da, da, da. It's just that there are some people who really want a tribe to join. Um, and, and it is like a way to organize people. It's a way to get you. I done. get it. And I, and I think um, you're going to get a lot of those, but I think the core of independence are none of the above. They don't actually want to join and they don't want to be asked to join and they don't want to have to have to join. They want to be truly independent and to be able to have an a la carte series of options in their politics. And, and, one, of to the, be, and, and one of my, 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 uh, asks is to say, hey, look, um, help us create the a la carte menu, uh, then we can disband. But, All right. it, but, it, but until we change that system, we should come together and then like break up right after. Look, be like, we got a lot. Know? We got a lot out in this one, man. This, this whole secret campaign to take over the, the, the Gracie Mansion is amazing. This this sunsetting of, of the Yang era, I think, is interesting. Um, I hope you'll come back, man. I've really appreciated this conversation and all your leadership. I'm so glad we finally got to chop it up. Me Our too, audience Paul. appreciates it. Uh, and I hope you'll come back and we can continue these conversations. I wish you and your family a very happy holiday. Um, and, Happy and holidays, everyone. Stay vigilant, hug, Andrew. Hug your loved ones. Go Knicks. <laughs>There he is, Andrew Yang, finally on this show. I hope he will come back again soon and often. Be sure to check out his book, 
follow him on Twitter, as long as that's still around, and on Mastodon or Post or whatever else happens and comes in the next few weeks and days if Twitter collapses. It's harder to keep track of all the new Twitter competitors than it is to track on the group stage of the World Cup with games starting at 4 a.m. local time. But find Andrew and hear him out. Check out forwardparty.com. And you heard it. Andrew Yang called the U.S.-Iran game exactly. We recorded that on Tuesday. Two hours later, the game happened, and he called it exactly. Will he be that accurate about our country's political future? We'll see. But Andrew has a plan, and Andrew is a leader of courage. He's a guy who's on that field. He's putting himself and his family out there to make things better. He's a patriot. He's a leader. And he's definitely a helper. Always look for the helpers. There will always be helpers. You know, even just on the sidelines, because if you look for the helpers, you'll know that there's hope. The helpers are out there. We see it every single day. If you look for them, you can see them. We use the hashtag look for the helpers, and I'll tell you about them. Like this one that's great from just before Thanksgiving time. About a young leader who stepped up to meet the moment, to help someone else, and hit the biggest shot of her young life. Her name is Essence Collier, and she's only nine years old. For fourth grader Essence Collier, lunchtime on Tuesday at Racine's Frat Elementary took a sudden and serious turn. I just saw that she was holding her neck, and I rushed out there as fast as I can. Nine-year-old Essence, or Essie, saw a classmate starting to choke. Where was your friend sitting? Out of nowhere, I saw Essence get up like kind of dart across the classroom. Teacher Samantha Bradshaw was filling in in the classroom during lunch. I didn't know what was going on. I kind of said, stop. But before anyone else realized what was happening. So what did you do? I rushed up there as fast as I can. And what you call that thing again? Heimlich? Mm-hmm. I see her go to the other student and wrapped her arms around her and performed the Heimlich maneuver on her. Her classmate's airway was cleared, and within seconds, the girl was breathing fine. I have never seen a student rack like that before. She's a fourth grader at Racine, Wisconsin's Frat Elementary School. She said she learned the technique two years earlier from a YouTube video when she was seven, and that lesson stuck with her. She remembered her training. She remembered what she knew. She sprung into action. She moved with courage, and she rose to the moment. Now, the school board plans to honor Essence later this month for her heroics, as well they should, because Essence is a true helper. So use the hashtag, look for the helpers on all social media and share yours. And while you're over there, play Guest the Guest every Wednesday night. I recorded this early, so I don't know how many of you got it, but I do know one thing. A big surprise, not in the World Cup, but outside the World Cup, Delfino got one wrong. Our friend Delfino Sanchez down in Houston, Texas, sounded off last week, and he got one wrong. He said, hey, I'm likely way out of left field, but any chance it's the great and powerful Seth MacFarlane or Ted himself, the teddy bear? He went on to say, I enjoyed last week's delivery of the five eyes. Will Judge stay a Yankee? I hope so, Delfino. And he said, enjoy your Thanksgiving and the two games. Stay frosty. Thank you, my friend Delfino. You were wrong. It was not Seth MacFarlane or Ted himself, although I'd love to have them on the show. It was Anya Kamenetz. A lot of you haven't heard that show yet because it dropped over Thanksgiving, but go back and check it out. We talked about how COVID has impacted our children. 
Anya is a returning guest, a brilliant education reporter, and I thought it was a perfect episode to dig into as we approach the holidays and spend more time around family and friends. We spend more time with children, and we think about what we've got and what we've lost. You can find it at independentamericans.us. Go check out the site where we've got merch that you can get now for the holidays. Start early, start your holiday shopping early and support independent Americans. You can also find video of my conversation with Andrew Yang. It's a great one. You can also find us on YouTube. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. Go ahead and hit the button and subscribe. Make sure you are subscribed. It only takes a minute. And it's the best free holiday present you could ever give yourself or someone you love. While you're at independentamericans.us, you can also support this show by joining our Patreon community. These are the amazing folks that make our team, that score our goals, that block the shots, that make the passes. And it now includes the newest member, Mark Bernhardt. So welcome to the team, Mark. Great to have you on the Patreon crew. If you're a Patreon member like Mark, you will get an extra conversation with Andrew Yang. There's video and audio, and you'll hear about his first car. It's a good one. You'll hear about his favorite drink. It's a surprising one. And you'll hear about his choice in pancakes versus waffles, which is a great one. You get to hear that exclusively, and you get to hear the whole show with no ads if you're a Patreon member. So check us out at independentamericans.us, and check out the new website that I laid out earlier, operationindependence.com. Thanks to our vigilant Patreon supporters and all of you listening. We'll continue to bring you the five eyes and all our podcasts and all our projects and everything we do. Independence, integrity, information, inspiration, and impact. And it's brought to you by the all-stars on the Righteous Media team who continue to score goals when we need them most. Creative Chris Rosenthal, brilliant Bill Schultz, and precise Paula Hernandez. And they're backed up by our all-star backline of my wife and two boys. Thanksgiving may be over, but I want to reflect on the fact that I love Thanksgiving because it's the one and only holiday that almost everyone in America celebrates. No matter what your religion or region or background, it's the true unity holiday, a time when we welcome people into our homes. We put down our guard a little bit with family members and friends we have friction with. We celebrate the kids. We celebrate our elders and we unite. And that Thanksgiving spirit is what we need to carry over into the holiday season and into our independent movement. We have to make our movement Thanksgiving, the World Cup, the Super Bowl, the PACT Act, and Afghan Adjustment Firewatch, and more all in one. We have to make it welcoming. We have to make it about community. We have to make it about team. When the U.S. plays the Netherlands, we'll already have won. Because America survived the group stage and made a statement that our best days are ahead. We've shown a new generation what is possible and what they can do if they work together. That's what my kids are seeing. That's what my kids are learning. And soon, that's what my kids will be leading. On the playground, they play soccer all the time. They play lots of other stuff too. But almost every day at recess and after school and in the hallway and in their bedroom and in their kitchen, anyway, they play all the time. But they almost all play. All the kids play. It brings them together from all around the neighborhood and from all around the world. And that's the spirit we need to bring to our independent movement now. It's how we'll build and unite our own Seven Nation Army. 
If you've been to any major soccer game in the last few decades, you know this song and you know how it unites people. And I hope that this show and Operation Independence can do the same thing. And I hope that you can do the same thing on your local ball field, at your dinner table, at your work or your house of worship, on your social media, and in your personal politics and your personal philanthropy. Whenever and whoever you spend your time with, carry the independent and American flag proudly in your heart and add light to contrast the heat. It's time to unite our community, unite our movement, unite our team, unite our army. As this holiday season is here and this year ends and a new one begins, we're all in this together. And independent Americans are leading the way. We're fighting the forces of ignorance and stupidity, and we're greatly outnumbered, but we can win, especially if we're unified. The World Cup team showed us that. And today, another team showed us that. Tunisia showed us that against France, beating them one to nothing. And Andrew Yang is showing us that. And if you're still listening, especially if you've been listening since we started 200 episodes ago, you're showing that. The good guys and gals can win in fights big and small and in the fight for the future of our country. On the soccer fields of the World Cup in Qatar, at the ballot boxes in Georgia in the next week, and in communities big and small all across America. We can win against the biggest threats. Gun violence, Putin, extremism, the two-party duopoly, apathy, indifference, hate, maybe even the Netherlands. So stay vigilant, my friend, because eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. And know you're not alone in your vigilance. We're all vigilant, and we're all on the same team. And the independent wave is continuing to grow because we're all in this together especially this World Cup, the World Cup of Soccer and the World Cup of Democracy. From Christian Pulisic to Steve Rogers, from the hypnotic brass ensemble to the countless artists who have covered the Ole 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 song to the legendary White Stripes, from nine-year-old Essence Collier to Andrew Yang to you. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. Thank you for listening. Down with Putin. Slava Ukraine. Stay vigilant, America. And go USA! 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 Powered by Righteous Media.